Here's the big question. How do new technologists break into an industry with so many people vying for the same opportunities? How do they go about finding the right company, writing a resume worth reading? How do they prepare for interviews and show up with a humbled confidence? Ultimately, how do they create a personal brand that has companies knocking at their doorstep? These are the questions that job seekers want the answer to. And I'm here to guide you from application to offer letter and beyond. Get ready to equip yourself with the tools necessary to stand out amongst a sea of applicants. My name's Chad Jeffries, and your interview guide starts here. Welcome to the Interview Break Fix. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me here. Um, This episode is dedicated to applying for a job and specifically how to stand out amongst the sea of applicants. And uh, one thing I want to mention is that I never talk in a vacuum. So every episode before this um, really leads into the next. So I would highly advise, you know, the information I cover here um, built off of the previous episodes. So I would highly suggest going back and listening if you're just joining. Maybe you saw the headline, you know, applying to a job, how to stand out amongst a sea of applicants. Um, but for anybody that has listened to all the episodes, this is, you know, uh, again, tying into the previous episodes, which the last one was, you know, how to write a resume worth reading. So the average recruiter, and I pulled this from a few different sources, um, LinkedIn and a couple other, um, folks I follow in my industry. Um, but we spend about six to 10 seconds just skimming a resume. So obviously that's going to be an essential way to stand out initially. Um, but it's not even really standing out. It's just like a, a focal point. It's it's how do I, uh, that's going to be my reference. Your resume is going to be something that is viewed throughout, you know, the organization that you're applying for. Um, so obviously it needs to be, you know, solid, tailored, you know, good to go and ready to, you know, hit submit on the application. However, with all the with all the courses and templates and information out there on how to write a resume, there are many ways to stand out amongst the sea of applications that are not being talked about. Um, so the first the first thing I want to cover here is, you know, really the main thing that sets that sets you apart from anyone else in your industry is you, and the big the, the biggest thing that you can focus on here is you know personal branding so you are your personal brand obviously and you want to understand that that personal branding is a unique promise of value so while you have the same skill set as you know entry level developers programmers designers analysts whatever technology job you're applying for um there's an abundance of entry level folks looking to get break into the industry um but once you once you develop yourself that that 3 to 5 6 10 year mark um you're going to you're going to notice trends in yourself and and kind of develop your own personal brand throughout that but you need to be conscious of the fact that you are you are your brand and that unique promise of value is always going to stand aside or is always going to set you apart from anybody else that has the exact same skill set so 
uh, again, I I do want to mention that you know, as a technology recruiter, I spend most of my time sourcing for the harder to fill positions because I don't have an abundance of applications. So when you get to that point, that's that's perfect. Like people are going to be reaching out to you, but you need to have established yourself a personal brand by, you know, creating some sort of unique way that sets you apart from from anyone else. So for example, I work with a guy who does live streams on YouTube. And he loves just covering basics or maybe more complex stuff. And he just puts himself out there in live streams for, you know, a couple hours at a time. And then he posts, you know, that live stream like, hey, I just live streamed. And he puts that on LinkedIn and he puts that on uh, different platforms and mediums. And he's got thousands, tens of thousands of followers on his YouTube channel just from doing these live streams over a period of time. So it's kind of like this compound effect. Like, so he's known for some, for, for being, you know, one of those guys that openly admits when, you know, he's doing something wrong and his live streams will have chats and people will say, Oh no, like, did you think about this? Or, uh, what if you did this or, uh, this was wrong in your code? I just noticed it. And he's, you know, super humble and like willing to receive that information. So he's establishing a personal brand and a following through that. Um, I'm kind of doing the same thing here, creating a podcast, sharing this information. I'm creating myself a personal brand. That's a unique promise of value that I can take everywhere. So I'm making myself stand out amongst my fellow recruiters and, uh, you know, anybody in my industry because I'm, I'm, I'm consciously, you know, making that unique promise of value of myself and differentiating myself from others in my industry. So nothing nothing will be more important in your career and the longevity of your career than than understanding that even if you're not a branding expert or a marketing expert or you don't have to be just understand that anything that you post online or or engagement that you have online you're establishing a personal brand for yourself and the more footprints you can get out there the more the more people will see that especially recruiters who are good at what they do We'll try to find you on other platforms and other, you know, different areas just to just to see like what information is out there about this person. I want to make sure that I'm hiring not only the person with the skill sets we need, but who also matches the organization. If you're out on the Twitters and doing all this stuff and you have these, you know, strong political or like you're getting into all these arguments and fights, it's not that I'm still not going to consider you for the position based on your skills. But to be honest, if you're being a total a-hole online, you're going to bring that into the work environment. And that's a red flag. So not that you can't do that, but, you know, just be aware of what you're doing um, on other platforms and other mediums and how you're, you're creating your personal brand around yourself. So, all right. I know that was a long ramble. But extremely important to understand that it is you that sets that sets you apart from anyone else. So, um, I want to focus now on how, the importance of networking, and that needs to be your top priority. Another way that you're establishing a personal brand and how you're setting yourself aside from everyone else, and that's making connections, especially if your career switching, if you're somebody that went to a boot camp and you're you're switching careers, you're well into your career 10, 15 years, 
Um, you know, it's, in, it's incredibly important to understand that the networking part is now essential. And it's going to be essential for everyone. Networking, I'm sure everyone knows at this point in society. If you don't know, then I don't know what you've been listening to. Um, but networking needs to be your top priority. And you're limiting yourself by only submitting an application. You cannot rely on applications and then expect a phone call. It, it, it's not going to happen. It, it may happen. But it's more than likely you're just wasting time submitting applications and waiting for phone calls. And if you, if you network yourself properly, then you may not even have to find an or, you know, submit your application until after you've had a conversation with a recruiter or somebody within that organization that then gives you the referral or gives gives the recruiter your recommendation or the recommendation from a recruiter to a hiring manager like hey this person reached out to me they engaged me they uh, they gave me their their resume i think it's something to look at um i'm going to tell them to apply so whatever whatever cadence you want to follow there that that's perfectly fine um but some things that you can start doing is endearing yourself to people who work in that company or in that industry or with those skill sets. LinkedIn, again, is an incredible tool, but it's also not enough if you're not attending um, something like meetup.com. Uh, so meetup, um, if you look it up, you can, you know, search hashtags and find all these different networking events. You know, we do Tech Talk Thursdays. Um, there are all these different there are all all these different like meetups to actually get yourself in front of people that are doing what you're doing in that industry or there's something that you want to do it's it's a way to maybe even find yourself a mentor there are a lot of people out there willing to help so endearing yourself with the people who work within that company or in that industry is uh is probably the the step one in the networking and then what you can go to next here is is asking for kind of informational interviews. So once you've connected with people within that company or industry, um, then you just like start asking questions, just doing either exploratory calls. Um, you know, I, I always find it okay whenever I have time and someone reaches out to me and be like, hey, I've been thinking about doing this. Um, I, I really like what your company stands for. Um, I'd love to just have an exploratory call, just learn a little bit more about the company and, and what you and, and what you do and maybe get some advice, you know. So so there are things that there are ways that you can kind of go about that. But that's one way of endearing yourself with the people um within that industry or within that company is just asking for more information, having those brief conversations, you know, a simple a simple message on LinkedIn uh, goes a long way. So, the next uh, the next part you want to focus on here is is really start searching for start searching for once you've identified a job. Look at the company online on LinkedIn and just start to find the recruiters within that company. And if there are multiple, just do some digging. Maybe you can see what positions they're working on, what people they're interacting with. Um, or you could, you know, if there's multiple recruiters, just reach out to, to one of them and say, hey, I'm not sure if, uh, if this would be your position or if you're the right person to be reaching out to. But, um, you know, I'd really like to apply or I have already put my application in. I'd love, uh, I'd love to chat with a recruiter. Um, that's our job 
is to is to you know i guess i don't want to say pass people around that's not that's that's kind of like a, a poor term but uh but in a way that that's part of our job is to connect you with the right people so i have no problem when someone reaches out to me and i'm like hey that's not my position but here let me connect you with uh with that right recruiter um, and then there are people that have, uh, you know, dug into my LinkedIn and see that I'm a UX design recruiter, a, you know, software engineering recruiter. Um, I, I cover all of these different, um, these different areas and I put that right on my LinkedIn, but not every recruiter does that. So, um, the next thing that you can do here too, is after you've reached out to the recruiter, um, you know, start looking and endearing yourself with with maybe the managers or directors or people within that industry that have the same title. So if you're a software engineer and you see that somebody has had a clear path within that company, reach out to them, express interest. I I can't tell you how many times I have uh, talked to the people that I work with, um, my my partners within those teams, within our technology teams, and they say, hey, this person reached out to me. Um, They just wanted some more information um, I didn't know what all to say, but I gave them a lot of really good advice. I really like them. So they give me a recommendation of you and then I can reach out to you or, or sometimes they will even refer, uh, refer you to me, connect, connect, uh, connect us like through a message on LinkedIn. You can actually do that. You can say, Hey, just wanted to make an introduction here. This is blah, blah, blah. Um, he's a UX designer. Um, you know, I wanted to just connect you to had a good conversation, yada, yada. So that's a really good way to not only to not only get eyes from the people that you're going to be working with, um, but it's also a, a way from from recruiting in HR too. Because you know, let's face it, I'm not a software engineer. That's not what I do. However, I'm good at vetting out those skill sets um, to a certain point. But ultimately, I have to pass that to the to the teams. So if you're if you're endearing yourself with those people on the forefront then that just puts you one step ahead. So again, connect with the recruiter in the company, start connecting with people um, in that company, and then making those connections. Um, Again, that's going to be a way to show your communication, your dedication, um, and just how serious you are to to landing a job, especially as an entry-level person. So... The next thing I want to discuss here is is really being kind of a low maintenance curiosity, um, if you will. So let me explain. So there are a lot of people who will apply, and then immediately after applying, they will say, "Hey, I applied to this position," and then they'll send me a huge blurb about them and what they're looking for and this long message that just to be just to be honest I I don't have time to read your four paragraph story on how you're a great fit for this position you're just dumping information on me it's kind of a vile I feel like it's a violation and I know that's a little (laughs) that's a little aggressive in saying that but I'm like oh my god I, I don't have time to read this um so you want to be kind of low maintenance in the fact that th- there are timelines that you need to respect. So when you apply to a position, waiting the next day, like if you applied at 8 o'clock in the morning, um, that's perfectly fine to like wait until the afternoon to maybe reach out. But I would wait until the next day because 
I don't look at applications. Uh, I try to go through my list of applications every single day. But realistically, it doesn't happen, especially with meetings and everything that happens. It's it's kind of hard to just refresh the page every five seconds. And, you know, if I'll get to your, I'll get to your application and you don't know how many people I'm, I'm having to sift through as well. So I'm just telling you from a recruiter standpoint that you should at least wait until the next day to reach out to me and say, Hey, I applied. Um, you know, I don't know if you got to look at my information yet, yada, yada. Um, so, so being, being low maintenance also means that, you know, even if you do reach out and say, Hey, I applied, um, you know, I haven't heard back in two days, uh, what's going on. Um, again, there's, there's timelines that you, that you need to respect in ways that you can just type an email that says, you know, Hey, it's been, it's been three days. Just want to make sure that you saw it. Um, I'm really excited about the opportunity. Just want to get my um, my face in, in front of you and, and just, you know, start to introduce myself and, and get to know you and the position in the company a little bit better. And I, I, that's really, that's really where you can cut it off. Now, if I, now, if a recruiter doesn't answer for two, three days, I'd say the two to three days are always like a good marker and if you have that initial conversation, like, yes, like, I do need to review, like, sorry, very busy, um, I'll, I'll get back to you soon, then you respect that. But just give, like, that two- to three-day period, like, hey, I haven't heard back in a few days, just want to just wanna make sure that uh, I'm still at the top of the list. And, you know, as a recruiter, I, I respect that. I respect when people respect their time enough as well. So it's not just about me and, and how busy I am. Your time is extremely valuable as well. So there are, there, there are trigger words that you can say too, like, um, you know, I started applying. Um, I, I'm getting through a couple interviews. Um, just, uh, you know, I'm very serious about this position. I want to learn more. Um, hopefully we can connect in the next couple of days. But I, I wouldn't send more than two, three at max um, follow-up messages with the recruiter or the hiring manager or whatever it is, however you're trying to get to the next step, don't, don't reach out a million times. It's just, it just becomes monotonous. It becomes a waste of everyone's time. Um, you know, sometimes people, especially recruiters will try to lay people down gently, um, and just say, Hey, we don't have anything available at this point. You know, I'll be sure to reach out to you. Um, so just again, kind of be be conscious of uh, of your timelines, and you should be fine. So it's like that that low maintenance kind of curiosity um, will really get you a, a callback from a recruiter. So next thing I want to talk about is do not mass apply. Now I've said this a few times already um, throughout the different episodes. Um, but I, I can't stress it enough that mass applying is not only a waste of your time when you're applying to multiple roles, but if you're applying to, let's say I have three software engineering positions open and you apply for all of them. Now, what most companies will do, especially larger companies, they will have multiple roles open. However, 
And that's that just means that there's probably some differentiation in skills and what they're looking for. Some of them, you know, may have all similar skill sets. They're just kind of for different teams. They just have them posted. There's no real need to apply to three different roles. Just apply for the one, um, unless you really feel that, you know, you're a mobile iOS developer, but you're also, you could focus on another skill set as well. Um, you know, it, it, it really it really just doesn't make sense to apply for three of the same roles. Just apply for one. And then that really what we use our applicant tracking system is that kind of internal system that we use to um, gather your information and, and get you kind of stepped and status through the entire process. So and that's the same for every application system, for any system that, that's used. Um, so just be assured that you just need to get your information into the system. You don't need to apply to, to the three same roles for the same company. Um, we will do our diligence um, as recruiters, as HR professionals. We will do our diligence to make sure that you are being uh, considered for all the possible uh, positions. So if we want you to apply for more, or if that person wants you to apply for for um, another role, um, that's fine. Just wait until that happens. But when you apply to multiple roles, it's just more that we as recruiters have to click through, have to see. It's honestly kind of just a waste of time. So following all these other steps on how to get yourself uh, into an organization, um, don't just rely on the application and applying to three and be like, okay, I'm going to get one of them to to respond. Well, more than likely, if it's the same position, just multiple openings, then it's going to be the same recruiter that sees it. So it's really kind of pointless to do it. And it's a little, it's a little frustrating um, in, in, for the sake of time. Um, now you also want to be, want to be cautious whenever you have your resume out on Indeed or a different platform and you have recruiters reaching out to you. Um, so there's a thing called phishing. So with a, with a pH, a fat, <laughs> so fat, fat phishing calls from recruiters are, um, essentially they're, maybe working for an agency, they're trying to just pull information, they're trying to generate a pipeline, maybe they don't have a position open, they're just trying to, you know, collect some data, collect some information. Um, I know from an agency standpoint, there were times where maybe I didn't have a position I'm working on, I'm just trying to pipeline, uh, create a pipeline so I have candidates ready for when a position does open. Um, you want to be careful of those types of calls. Um, not that it's not a good idea to get yourself out there, However, there there have been these scams that are going on where, you know, recruiters will reach out or, you know, let's say that you do this like one click, one click apply on Indeed. I, I don't know if LinkedIn does it. I feel like they may. But uh, Indeed in particular, um, I don't have a problem with the platform. I have a problem with the one click application. So let's say you're applying for a software engineering role. You're just going through down a list, uh, apply, 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 one click. You know, you have your application, you're, you're all set, you applied to a million jobs, bound to get one of them. 
Well, you're going to get spammed with recruiters that probably don't have a position open. And and sometimes there are positions that are posing as a position that's open, like, hey, uh, we're this in this agency. Um, this is a role for our client, yada, yada. Sometimes there are these agencies out there, these these different, I don't know, scamming scams that are going on where they're just trying to collect your data. And they want you to apply. I don't know what the data is being used for, but um, I had a friend who said that he had had been getting a bunch of random phone calls, and they would ask a couple questions, and then they would start asking totally unrelated and inappropriate questions. And it was definitely just a form of collecting data. Now, I don't know where that data is going. I don't know what it's being used for. Just be aware that some of these calls are, are, are just phishing calls. They're trying to collect information, data, we don't know what it's being used for. You know, it's something that, I, uh, that I'd that i like to address with, with Indeed because um, it's certainly a problem with the one-click apply. Um, I th- They've been getting better and better at, at trying to vet out the actual real job descriptions out there. But it is difficult because they can match job descriptions very well and just pose as a company that has a position for a client. And it's really easy just to ha- take that third party, well, oh, I didn't know. Well, it, it's it, it's inappropriate and just be aware that that, is, that stuff is happening. You're wasting your time. And it's just not the way to go. So I wouldn't even say be cautious of the one-click apply. Just don't do it. Just just avoid the one-click apply. It's so lazy. It's so lazy. Just get that get, get that out of your repertoire of you know ways that you can apply for a job. Just act like it's not there. It's one of those you know, new age tools that it's like real cool, real flashy. It's real easy. It's like, it's like always the the easiest way to do things, right? Well, uh, again, you're just putting yourself at risk. You're, you're wasting time. If you're targeting and doing res- writing your resumes and reaching out to the right people and, and considering the right job opportunities, then you don't need a damn one click apply. Just get, just get it out of the equation. So, um, now let's talk about in the actual application itself. So there's gonna there's more than likely gonna be a, a salary option. It's like okay, what are you or you know salary request? Um, just put negotiable because you never want to put yourself out of the job because you put like way too high of a salary or maybe way too low, and it's like oh well, does this person not value themselves? You know, what's the deal here? You want you want to get to that phone call. You want to get you want to get the recruiter or the the manager to reach out to you. And putting negotiable just sets the tone for uh, appropriately requesting for a salary or discussing salary. And in the next episode, I'm going to teach you how to go through those phone calls, things that you need to consider whenever you're starting the negotiation. When is the appropriate time to ask what the salary is uh, in the conversation? So there are many, there are many ways to navigate the, the, the first conversations that you have with a company, um, but you really just want to do as much possible to have yourself stand out amongst the applicants and, and be very unique in who you are and the value that you provide. And it's, it's critical that 
you, you do you do these things that I've listed out to to make sure that you're not just being one of those resumes that is looked over and then set aside or one of those candidates that's considered um you know hazardous or or somebody that you know we don't want to we don't want to reach back out to because you just made a bad impression so all these little impressions that you can make um I know it seems like there's a lot of them and there there are but unless unless I'm here you know if I, if I wasn't here presenting this information to you a lot of the times i i hear a lot of people that that come to me and they have no they they just don't know that they're good at what they do they just don't know how to navigate this process and it's totally understandable i had no idea either and i'm really hoping that this is providing a lot of value to you because there there are just a lot of ways in 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 today's information that's that's being shared all over the internet um, you know, uh, what I, what I see in common themes is, you know, uh, have a, have a badass resume, you know, d- do these, do these things, um, to prepare for an interview. Um, they're all very high level and very vague. I'm here to get into the, the nitty gritty, get into those details, get into those small things that are really going to make you stand out. Some people will have them, ha- have these skills naturally and some people won't. So it's going to take, it's going to take a form of practice. And that's what I've dedicated all of my uh, career to essentially, not just, you know, daily working for, uh, working for my company, you know, full time, but I've dedicated myself outside of work to share this information with you. I feel like it's incredibly valuable and I want to help not only the job market and people that, are looking for solid candidates, but, you know, they're just leaving bad impressions with the hiring manager, with the HR team, they're just leaving these bad impressions. And it's like unintentional. But if you're if you're aware of them, listening to the to the tips and tricks that I'm prescribing, then you will get a job. But it is up to you. And again, you are the one that sets yourself aside from everyone else. You are going to land the job. I can't do it for you. So you're the only one that's going to be able to to know who you are, to establish your personal brand, to set you aside from the other people. And these these tips that I went through to 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 help navigate you, you know, networking, making that a top priority, not limiting yourself with just submitting an application or relying on applications to to get you know in front of the company or. Um, or, or get you into those interviews. Um, there, there are a lot of other ways. Um, just, just talking to people and networking is is one of the biggest things here. Um, but then after you get and, and establish those connections, uh, it, it's then doing all of these little things to kind of navigate your way through. And your ultimate goal is to at least get on the phone and nail that that first interview. Um, so in the next. In the next episode, we'll talk about the phone call. Um, we'll start to go into some interview preparations, and we will eventually get to that interview, I promise you. Um, but we have to cover all of these steps first, and this is something that you can always refer back to. So um, thank you so much again for joining me. I, I'm really excited to be sharing all this information with you. Um, if you If you could do me a favor... 
Um, leave me an honest review, five stars if you think it was worth it. Um, please share with somebody that you think this message would resonate with. Um, I'd love to get this information out there. And the only way I can do that is, uh, is with your help. Um, so this is all organic, uh, you know, driving this engagement organically. Um, it, it takes a lot of work. And I want to be, you know, giving you a, as much value in each episode. So um, if you could go to www.interviewbreakfix, all one word, interviewbreakfix.com. And um, you can actually leave me a question or a comment. And what I what I plan on doing is answering any of your questions or um uh, or addressing those comments and and really focusing like the, the the next episodes or or queuing up like maybe your question or concern and if the, if that starts to become a theme you know I definitely want to cover that so um uh, go there and you know leave me uh, leave me your comments or questions happy to answer those I'd love to answer them live on the show um, yeah so that should be all for now. Um, thank you so much for joining me and until next time, stay humble, be good, and I'll talk to you soon.